ask you this. Mm-hmm. Why? I was thinking about this the other day because I don't know what I was watching. It must have been a, a throwback thing or something from the 70s or something showing pictures from the 70s. But you bringing this up now made me have to ask, how the fuck did they, like, there was that whole period of time where the iron up on letters were, like, the only way to get a message on your shirt and it was so stupid looking like guys would just like iron on the word bad company on their shirt in that really weird like bubbly kind of font and i'm like can i get back to do they still sell that or oh, is yeah. that all they had available was there no screen no of course not <laughs> i just i had no idea no the people that owned a screen the small screen printer shops back in the 70s made a fucking mint there's that surf ohio guy that made so much money. Do you remember that? Surf Ohio? Yeah. 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 And it yeah. was a big inside joke that became a huge thing. But yeah, all they had was iron on letters. Um, I also used to use, I used to get buy baseball tees and put iron on letters on them. I mean, I think the velvety kind, cool. the velvety kind, the velvet ones are the best. Yeah. It's and jo- of- Joanne, yeah, Joanne Michaels has tons of them. You go to any sewing shop, they've been sitting on this shelf for decades. Yeah. It seems fucking cool now. To do the letters because throwback is never going to the 70s again or the 80s. Like we're never, style's not going to go back that far. It never does. It never, it it basically, what happens is style only goes back, the nostalgic styles only go back like 20 years because the 60s is basically like the way that we used to look at like the 30s and 40s now where when we were kids you'd be like the t- fucking 30s what a you know or like I when just, you'd watch happy days and you'd be like that shit ain't cool none of that's cool i disagree really because it all rolls in on itself uh because there was a hippie thing back in the 90s that's why fucking days and confused got made yeah, and there was all kinds. Of, people relived the '60s and the '90s, and then people are reliving it now, and all of that stuff still gets through. So yeah, you can still do velvet, velvet. I think velvet letter would work. I'm going for it. I'm gonna make a bad company shirt. Yeah, I think it's cool to just. <laughs> I think kids get just, the letter like somebody. Mom, will you go get me a B at A a D or an A C D C? Well, yeah, because you showed you actually cared about the band. I mean, the the limited knowledge I had of that was that you couldn't get band shirts anywhere except for like magazines. Yeah. Um. Ex- unless you drove downtown. So like when I was fourteen and fifteen, we would have to convince like a senior to drive us downtown to go get UFO pants. To go get a Megadeth, whatever, Motorhead shirt, whatever, punk shirts. That was only in one place, and they didn't even at that point in the seventies. They didn't have any of that. You're you're right about that. Actually, you just had to take a sharpie and write Black Sabbath on a shirt. You're totally right about that because when I was in God, I would have had to have been in. I was in fourth grade because I've told the story before about when I got in trouble for wearing it. But when I was in the fourth grade, my aunt. My cool aunt uh, went and got me a Motley Crue t-shirt. And, like, nobody in my school was wearing band t-shirts. Yeah. Nobody. I was the only kid in elementary school. I bet. (laughs) With a a band t-shirt. And it was Motley Crue. And it said 
kickstart my heart on the back. Right. And it had like the boys from Motley Crue and that's great on the front of it. And like, yeah, that was a come up. Now they, now the Coles has that shit. I know. I know. I know. And, and, and like, it's even it's kick fart, kick heart, my shark or something. Yep. And I also got, I got called in, you know, I got called in the office in 10th grade and that's what you're talking about too, is how you had to go downtown to get shirts and yeah. shit like that. I got called in the office in 10th grade because I was wearing a Fear Factory t-shirt and the teacher was like fucking up my ass about like if I was a thug and yeah. like what's that supposed to mean? What's Fear Factory? Are you trying to instill fear in people and stuff like that? And I was like, it's a it's a fucking band, dude. It's a rock and roll band. I mean, I remember you would go and you'd, you'd like I said, from to order from catalogs, you'd I'd go to have to go to Kroger. Get like thirty three ninety five together and mail it to the company and just wait until the shirt came. You yeah. had no idea what was happening on the way. You just took. I mean, thirty four dollars was so hard to fucking get, and then you just throw it on, throw it in the mail, and hope it gets there and something comes back. Holy shit! Outer Organism said I got ten days off in school, ten days of in school suspension in eighth grade for wearing an Eagles Hell Freezes Over tour shirt. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's nuts, man. Hell was, was allowed when I was younger. But because, you were allowed like, to talk about hell? You were allowed to say hell. I remember my dad telling me I was allowed to say hell, and I was like, what? I'm allowed to say hell? He, my dad told us we were allowed to say hell and jackass, and then immediately took jackass away from Every, us. Like, everything was a jackass. It, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget it, because I remember we were in the back of the car, all the whole family, and I'm fucking saying, jackass, you're you know, you're a jackass. And Jason's like, you're a fucking jackass. You're a jackass. And then they were like, uh, uh, he was like, it means donkey. So we're allowed to say it. And we were just jackass back and forth. Yeah. And they were like, you guys aren't allowed to say jackass anymore. <laughs> you're not taking it in the spirit. It was off. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. No H E double hockey sticks. <laughs> we're allowed to say hell. Yeah. Cause hell's a place. Ah, uh, where we're all going. We also weren't allowed to say what the hell. Or, my parents were real weird about cussing, dude. I didn't grow up in a cussing house. I don't know if that's rare <laughs> or what. Um, because I, I no, there was a lot less cuss. I mean, you used to get in trouble. You weren't allowed to say fart and stuff. There was you had to people who got their mouth washed out with soap. So, um, my parents did. My parents cussed all the time, and I could tell they didn't mind. Uh, but I remember when I turned seven, I like snuck into their bed and it was like. They were like, oh, happy birthday. You're seven. And I was like, can I start cussing now? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm ready. I'm old enough. I know how to say fuck. I know how to say shit and damn. I've been saying it. I, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to handle it. <laughs> yeah, man. We Our parents were real fucking wild about cussing. So the other night, the other Saturday night, right? Or Friday. It would have been Friday night. I went for, I did, it was 30 degrees. And it was shitty here. It was gray and 30 degrees and it was terrible and I hated it. But I was like, I'm going to do my full walk. 20 miles. Full walk. Did the full fucking shit wow, out there. I, I walked 20 miles. <laughs> I, In 30? It was 30 degrees. I walked 20 miles. Yeah. And uh, uh, I got home. I fucking ordered my food, which was free. Because Katie got DoorDash uh, gift 
cards or whatever that is, yeah. whatever they do from work. So we got free DoorDash food. I took a shower and I was eating within an hour. I was ready to go like within an hour of me getting home to like kind of hang out. We were going to just cuddle and hang around the house. They'd been sitting around the house all day. Uh, the food gets there. I go to get the food. I grab the food. I'm out of the shower. I'm feeling great. I am feeling like top level. I've achieved everything for the day. And then I just go like this. I go, man, I'm in freaking heaven. And then everybody started, they both started laughing at me. And then just for the rest of the weekend now, they say, are you in freaking heaven again? Yeah. And I, it was such an accident because I don't ever say freaking. Oh, no. I don't watch my language and I don't know why it happened. Yeah, now you're in trouble, though, because you're never going to live that down. <laughs> it's going to. Uh, yeah, they act like it's my catchphrase. My freaking. Hey, yeah. are you in freaking heaven today? What's the freaking problem? <laughs> yeah. I do. I mean, I do, I like I like non-cussing words. I say geez louise. Like I do it. I used to do it as a joke, but then I realized I'm like I've said it like a hundred times today. <laughs> like it's it's my mannerism now. It's not just like a, a ironic thing. I say geez louise instead of like Jesus Christ. Yeah, freaking is embarrassing. And I say fudging. I say never fudging say a lot. You should never say friggin'. Frick is yeah. I've never been a frick person. I say fudging though because I like that one. I just say fucking. I mean, but I got a 17-year-old that I don't have to worry about if she goes to school. There would be issues. You know what I'm saying? Like, if she curses at school and she gets in trouble, you know? Uh, yeah, friggin' dummy in the chat's feeling a little attacked right now. And it's frick, frickin'. I just don't like frickin'. Because it's the CK. I don't mind freaking. But I, I, I think you should just use, and I think friggin' dummy's being a goof. Too, that's their freaking the that's chat. a freaking name that's a freaking name are they in freaking heaven or what you know i'm in freaking hell that was so weird man this is just not trying something. to switch it up i guess see and the people are hateful about it i and think it's great i felt so good for the, two seconds and then i got made fun of uh battlestar what did they say on battlestar fracking fracking yeah also had a a fun thought experiment last night that was feeling real good to me gwen had friends over she didn't have friends over ever it's probably been two years yeah i feel like yeah yeah i haven't heard about that in a while it used to be the spot and then it just dried up yeah it has to have been two years since she's had friends over so she has friends over they're hanging out in a room and i was just like what if i just fucking took my shirt off and went and sat on the couch yeah and turn the TV on and then just kept yelling to keep it down because I got work in yeah. the morning and I can't hear the TV. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they got to know. <laughs> they probably These kids got to know. Yeah. They've never experienced that. No. But I did some... some Living in fear of going to the fucking bathroom. <laughs> just like afraid to go in the hallway. <laughs> I've done some analysis. I did some thinking about it last night about the whole thing here. Number one. The fucking shirtless dad yeah. always was fucking, uh, the shirtless dad was always watching TV, so they weren't even trying to go to bed, which that's that was always frustrating to me, and the thing that always set off the shirtless dad was laughing. He fucking could not get over, he, and then I figured out why that happened, okay? Uh-huh. You didn't choose to stay the night 
at the friend with the good parents house. Right. Because they would make you come in. You were stay if you're 16 and you're staying the night at some kid's house, you're staying a the night there because they have liberal curfew hours. That because why not? You would just sleep in your own bed. If yeah, you, if you had to go to bed at eight every <laughs> night or nine PM on a Friday. Yeah. Yeah. And and you just stayed there for liberal curfew hours or like they let you smoke in the house or or they would they would host uh you know they would buy some beer there's some beer that you could steal inside the house but you did have to deal with like the angry shirtless dad in the living room and fucking guy couldn't go in his room and watch tv it had to be fucking right in the living room so you were stuffed in a little room with your friends and he was always mad and he always had to go to work in the morning and it didn't matter what fucking day of the week you stayed or time yeah and he was up anyway. He's pushed to the damn brink, man. <laughs> I didn't. I never wanted to stay there. No, I, that was usually an accident. That was usually when like other parents weren't hosts. Like we usually had cool. My parents always let us come over. Then I had other parent friends, but then there was one kid that was fourth on the list, and that was his sage. <laughs> so it'd be like nobody can do it this Friday, and it's like, well, he's got sixty four and golden eyes, so. We'll just all huddle on the bed and never fucking leave. Just eat Doritos for dinner. <laughs> yeah, somebody actually on Twitter, because I, I posted a little bit about it yesterday. Somebody on Twitter said they saw their first penis because they were laughing so hard in their friend's bedroom. And the dad fucking got so pissed off at him that he came running into the room without any clothes on and screamed at him. What? I mean, it is your house. Yeah, I get it. And if it's the 90s, then that's not even considered like a weird thing. It is a weird thing. It's weird, but like you saw your friend's dad's balls a lot when like in the 90s. Never did. They would wear robes and weird shit all the time. Like I feel like that was Tidy whities for sure. Yeah, tidy whities. I saw a lot of my friend's dads in their underwear and men back then. There's only one kind of underwear men wore, and it was tidy whities Unless you were like a, a a guy that has a lot of sex with a lot of different people, then you got bikini briefs. <laughs> sure. There's two kinds of underwear back then. <laughs> yeah. I need to get some bikinis. <laughs> um, I Yeah, I think... Um, I don't know what I was going to say. Psychic Gasoline said my dad wore an ill-fitting robe with balls almost always visible. My dad did too, but not when people were over. But I also think like if you are mad, when kids make you mad, like I definitely will run in there in the middle of doing anything at all. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Like covered in bike grease, like uh, brushing your teeth. It's just like you can't fucking jump. This is an upstairs apartment. You can't fucking jump on the floor anymore. That Those days are fucking over. Yeah. I was over at a friend's house last night and uh, there were three kids there and they were playing and uh, somebody went upstairs and he came back downstairs and he was like, hey, I got a question for you to like the owner of the house. He's like, hey, does that recliner you have up there, does that like come apart in two? (laughs) Who? (laughs) He goes, (laughs) so the kids were playing upstairs. Uh, and apparently there was a recliner and we're standing in the kitchen and he comes downstairs and he goes, Hey, uh, I have a question. Uh, does that recliner upstairs, is that like the back come off and it like turns into two pieces? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, woo, 
Yeah, that was <laughs> there close. Was, there, was a, there was a walk down the stairs that was quite uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> said every All three of the kids narked on each other, too. Incredibly, yeah. they, they were just like, it was, you know, this three people pointing at the other one. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I explained what it was. It, you know, I know how kids work. I'm a kid expert. They were jumping on the back of the chair. Right. Because that's like really literally every single problem with children is that they jump. Like all of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's all jumping. I mean, they bouncing. Yeah. Bouncing off the wall. (laughs) Yeah. Just testing also with the weird angles and integrity of any furniture. Just like, you know, what if, what if I stand with my foot against the the leg of this chair, you know? Yeah. Just kind of push it up, mash it up against the wall. Oh my God. Let me flip it upside down and sit on the legs horizontally. Arisamia Trophillum in the in the chat said my neighbor showed like all the kids a nude Polaroid of her dad. <laughs> nice, yeah. Well, that was common. Yeah, I mean, if you have a naked picture of you inside the house and you have a a, a kid, then they, I mean, if they, they found find it, it they yeah. found it. Yeah, my grandpa died. When my grandpa died, my dad was like going through his shit at his house to like. Yeah, most of it you throw away because it's junk. But they got in this chest, and this motherfucker had just all kinds of naked pictures of himself and with his wife and stuff like that. And I was just like, uh, well, that's got to be, you know, my sister told me about it. I didn't talk to my dad about it, but I I bet that was weird for my dad. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to get get some naked Polaroids of myself to leave in my stuff. Whoever has to pack it up, they get that fucking last fuck you from me. Yeah. And awakening. And you know, something else that happened was like, I, somebody was in here mentioning that like, uh, uh, they showed a teacher showed pictures of him nude with just a cowboy hat over their junk. And that's bad. You don't want to show eighth graders that, but I will say, yeah, we had a teacher's naked scandal too. We did. You did. Yeah. We had, um, in the band room, some kid was like, it was like a substitute teacher day. And they're like, hey, let's watch an old concert, which is like so nerdy. Like mm-hmm. it, was, it was so nerdy. But they're like, they pull out the VHS tape, they turn it on. All of a sudden it turns into a porno. <laughs> My fucking daughter was in school. They have these smart boards at school. Uh-huh. And one of the teachers uh, was putting something up on the smart board and it was fucking naked pictures of his wife. Oh no, dummy. Who also happened to be a substitute no! teacher at the school sometimes. No. You gotta be way better. You can, I would never, <laughs> I would go to the school and say, my phone can't hook up to any of this. I have an R rated phone. <laughs> it's happened to me now too, actually, because the kids are like, can we use your phone to do stuff? And I'm like, no, you can't anymore. This is a divorced man's phone. <laughs> All kinds of, they're, she'll be like, why are there pictures of butts on your phone? <laughs> so, someone just sent you a picture of their butt. Why is there pictures of butts on your phone? <laughs> What's this, the butt? Who puts a butt on their phone? <laughs> My dad phone? looks at butts. <laughs> she thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Tells her teacher, my dad loves looking at butts. I don't know why. Butts are so funny, aren't they? God, they make me crack up, too. We have the same sense of humor. (laughs) Yeah, man. When Gwen told me about that, she was like, don't don't get mad. Don't 
don't like saying anything, but this is what happened. And I said, that's the funniest story I've ever That's heard. amazing. I mean, these kids all seem naked people. I, by, by the time they're in high school, I mean, they've all looked at porno. There's just... Yeah. Unless you're... It's, Parents are crazy. They've all looked at porno. It's not a big deal. I can't imagine anyone being anybody can make this fucking mistake. I know. Well, I can make. I mean, I guess like if you bring up your phone. Yep. If you're hooking up your phone to the smart board. Yep. To make something happen. Mm -hmm. And then let's say you go to a screenshot, and then all of a sudden there's there's your gallery. Yeah, you're going to a screenshot and you open up the phone thing and then you go like this, right? We're, we're, we're now in the phone. Then you go like this. You hit the button here to get into your gallery. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'll just scroll to it. It's right there. And then boom, your wife's naked in the phone. <laughs> or, I mean, whenever I try to get to the gallery, it, it always is in the wrong folder and then I have to open it and then it just shows 20 individual pictures, you know? <laughs> Yes. Which, I mean, there's prob- there's really decrepit memes, and then there's also, like, yeah, nudity. Yeah. Big mistake. Big mistake. Very funny, though. Very funny story from my daughter. I, I really loved it. And uh, I think we got some calls? No. Whoa! <laughs> no calls tonight? It's We're a just chat show. Shitty chat it up. Chit That's chat. fine with me. Hey, you know, if you don't want to call, you don't got to call. We don't need to my hear. My friendos. Yeah, we'll take the night off. Uh, 614-655-3887 is the number. I suppose if you're in the chat, you are looking at that phone number so you know, and you just decided not to call, which is fine. Um, also, Jason, can you... Oh, I can play audio, can I? All right, give me two seconds. Oh, fuck. My friend gave a presentation in women's studies in college, and we knew she was going to pull up her Gmail. So we sent an email with the subject, how is that sex party? And it was in, <laughs> it was in bold because it was a new one. <laughs> how is that Angie. sex party? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it happens a lot. I've even had um, text messages where people were like, oh, shit, that text message came through during a presentation at work. Like just the text message, I would turn all of my notifications to not reveal what is coming through text message. Dude, I think what really needs to happen is that that's what you, I did. You needed phone. You you need a a sex phone and a work phone. That's true. You need a your X rated phone. They should new Verizon X rated phones where you can do uh yeah gambling and <coughs> escorting. You can do it's your OnlyFans phone. Yeah, I think, yeah, because it feels like, like, it feels like you could have two phones, especially with a lot of jobs, I think, supply the phone. So just don't accidentally put sex stuff on the work supplied phone. I mean, when I was working at the cable company, they gave me a Nextel. Okay. And, uh. You know, you couldn't do anything with a Nextel, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, I ended up buying a smartphone anyway, I didn't want none of my drug information. It's playing. Ain't nobody going to tell me how to live? Yeah. Here, everybody. Uh, I promise I'd do it. Here we go.
Okay, so that's one ain't nobody gonna tell me how to live. But we all know there's more than one ain't nobody gonna tell me how to live. So let's do the big one. Right? You snow oh, this is news it's and new nobody gonna tell me how to live. Ain't no huh? All right, so this this was in reference to uh, uh, Prison Planet Paul. Paul J. Watson? Paul Joseph Watson said... The English hermit? Yeah, he said, retweet if you will go to prison before taking the vaccine. <coughs> so uh, that is Paul Joseph Watson. Will go to prison instead of the vaccine. Yeah. Okay. And you know what that That's means? That's a good idea. That man will not let nobody tell him how to live so true he's a he's a maverick and uh but so the reason i brought that up is because there is a reply on that post that baffled me completely i want to see if maybe we could try to get into the head of this man who is a reply guy to prison paul okay okay, okay. um uh fuck prison me. planet i don't know who knows what's going on prison planet uh alex jones website uh, yeah it, and 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 he's also isn't it was was he the punk rock is the new conservatism guy no he's british he's the british yeah i know guy. that yeah he's a limey um i thought he was the guy so anyway uh i was this this guy says this hold on i'm triple jabbed got the booster but i will never take another one <laughs> This is too far. They've gone too damn far. <laughs> I'm prepared to lose my job and my house over it. They'll have to take my kids out of my cold, dead hands before they get them. I'm done. Uh, so I was so curious about, like, why do you think somebody would resist the booster? Omicron. They're tired of Omicron. They're like, I'm enough. I've had enough. God damn it. Well, that's what the Moderna's. Oh, he's the conservatives are getting better at humor guy. Ah, uh, like liberals the, are afraid. the left can't meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's pretty much a like ain't nobody gonna tell me how to live guy. Now he is. Now Previously, he is. he's he's like a, a convert. He's like a, a born again. Trump told him how to live, and you know what? Oh. I got other news about Kid Rock slash Monster Truck. I think I'm going to do a full episode of a, a, an emergency episode of American Podcast. Smart. This week to really dig into this. It was, yeah, it's also funny. People were like, oh, you, it sucks. We should have put that on Butt Rock. And I was like, Brian has a whole Kid Rock miniseries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to do an American Podcast. I have a guy. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I have another person we could get on to that might be fun. So we gotta do care. We gotta do it at karaoke too. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Ain't nobody gonna tell me how to live. Is my karaoke song now? Uh, Monster Trucks. John Harvey recently. This is from Loudwire. Okay. 
Monster Trucks John Harvey recently said on the Loaded Radio podcast he is super offended by the criticism he's received for collaborating with Kid Rock on Don't Tell Me How to Live. Wait, this is the voice of Don't Tell Me How to Live. <clears throat> well, this the is... The curly-haired Monster Truck. He's the lead singer or whatever? This is Monster Truck. Hey. Yeah. No, well, people keep telling me Monster Truck's the band and he's got a different name, but, but he's, he's... Monster Truck. His name's Monster he Truck. He is now Monster Truck forever. Yeah. When he gets thrown in the uh, SJ w uh prison he's going to be registered no, no, so yeah he's offended john harvey also known as monster truck he admitted out loud he was offended he did he said he's super offended he I, you got it he's a snowflake he needs a newsflash why does it? Why? How, why? Why did he go from not giving a fuck to now giving a fuck? I think he always gave a fuck, dude. I think this is what happened to Monster Truck. He got the chance to be in a Kid Rock song. Yes. He's just some Canadian guy. Yeah. It was a career opportunity. He thought it would be totally cool to collaborate, right? Yeah, and he's a Canadian guy. He wants to be American. Maybe, but I mean, you would have ass bullshit, man. You would want, you would though. If you're in a McDonald ass shit, it's this fucking like American patriot. Oh, if I wasn't in Canada, I'd be fighting for freedom in America right now. Mm. What I'm saying though is, if you're in a butt rock band, you don't want to just be stuck in Canada. I mean, the the amount of money you get from coming down to the U.S. Right. With you got to break in. Yeah. If you're doing that shit. I mean, that's not going to fly in Canada. We've met Canadian people. We have Canadian friends. Yeah. They're not monster truck people. Oh, and they they fucking let people tell them how to live left oh. and right. They got socialized like, medicine. Oh, they love it. Yeah. Like, they recommended we don't go outside, eh? <laughs> they love it. <laughs> they're they're they all about li- being told how to live. They weren't even allowed to leave their damn country, and they didn't even revolt. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stay inside, you know. <laughs> it's fine with me. I wear a mask outside in the park. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, in my car. Yeah, it's fine with me. Uh, while some rock fans have gotten a good giggle out of the track, others were not as pleased with it. Canadian hard rock, hard rock trio. Danko Jones shared their disappointment with Harvey in a series of tweets. I don't know Danko Jones. Not. I'm not that into. You don't know him? I don't know my my Maple Rock bands. Let's I'll look up Danko Jones real quick cuz oh, we he have looks time. Tough. He does. He's got a good He's look about him. He's a badass. Him. Okay. Oh, he was in a rock trio. Why don't Yeah, we we know what that means. Are they doing a French thing? Is that to say that they're French? We know what Green Day was a trio. They don't call themselves the Green Day Trio, right? Yeah, but the band was called Danko Jones? Danko Jones the Trio. That means 3. We get oh, I'm, I'm just trying to. No, that's it out. their designation on Google is as a rock trio. Yeah, but I'm saying in the in, in, in the thing it says Canadian hard rock trio T R O I O Troio. No, that's not it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. That's what I was trying to figure out. Danko Jones shared their disappointment with Harvey in a series of tweets. 
They called Rock a piece of shit. <laughs> okay. That's a lot. <laughs> and condemned Monster Truck to a lifetime membership in the Douchebag Hall of Fame for collaborating with the musician. Listen, uh, he's an older guy. Danko okay. Jones is an older guy. They it. said douchebag. Yeah. You know, douche. He's a real douche novel, you know? Yeah. That's a little... Yeah, I guess you don't learn... I mean, I said douchebag in 2010. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, but they didn't. They don't know to cycle it out. Then you shamed me for it when we met. Did I? Oh yeah, you're the one that got me to stop saying douchebag. Oh, I hate it. Yeah, I know. You said that to me. Yeah, one time. <laughs> sorry, and it worked. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I wasn't a big douchebag guy. I didn't use it that much. I mostly like when I think somebody is what other people consider a douchebag. Mm-hmm. I just call him a dick. Like, yeah. that person's a dick. Yeah. I've always just been a, like, what a fucking dick. Right. And if they're a dick. You know, like, it's a geek. I say geek a lot now. Yeah, geek is fun. Yeah, geek. Because in wrestling, you know, the geek is the, the, the guys that get beat up, like, they aren't job, the sub jobbers yeah. are geeks. So, yeah. got me saying geek. I would say um, douchebag hit a fever pitch to the point where you're talking about, like, cussing as a kid. Where, like, when kids start cussing, same as jackass. Douchebag became a jackass to the point where it was just like, wow, people thought it was crazy to say that. Well, it also felt like douchebag turned into a thing where people were like... It, douchebag turned into a thing where people started saying it like that are douchebags. Right. So like a guy that you would stereotype as a douchebag would be like, oh, what a douchebag that really? guy was. Yeah. And you're like, mm, no. Yeah. Because it's a type. I, I think like that's a thing people don't get about those sort of insulting type words. Like something like douchebag or something it's like specific. that. It's like douchebag isn't just anybody you don't like. Right. It is like a certain type of person that it's hard to explain, obviously. But no, when I went to um uh, I went to Chicago and uh thank you uh Matt and Ethan for inviting us out and having a good time. We went to this bar called Rossi's, which is like this super old bar. Um but it was right around all of the clubs. Like when we stepped out, it was one of those streets where they closed down the streets and like cops just park in the middle of the street with their sirens constantly running. You know, it's like very loud jeans and very aggressive spitters. Oh, uh, that's me. Actually. I'm yeah. One of those. Just really obnoxious. Uh, Chicago has a lot of fucking douchebags for sure. I mean, like I forgot because there's so much money that the like assholery is on like a, a big, big city level. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And they oh, fucking yeah. drink way too much, so they're like bigger pieces of shit too. Yeah, I mean Chicago is one a drinking place, two louder than New York, and yeah. the people are meaner than in New York. Yeah, I've always it's said hell. it. I hate to be mean, Chicago people, but Chicago people are like we're Midwest, you know. Hey, but they're meaner than it's, any other city I've ever. The only city I've ever been to that's meaner than Chicago. And it's only on a technicality because really Chicago's meaner in this place is Los Angeles. Yeah, which ain't even bad. But 
They're still but softies. In an objective sense, I've seen more fights oh, in right, Los more Angeles than I've ever there's seen. N- <laughs> yeah, there's more violence. <laughs> <laughs> but the culture is not mean, but yeah. there is more violence. No, it's one of my favorite. I mean, it's That's my favorite place in the country. It's a very nice, chill culture, but there is just <laughs> violence happening on the edges of everything that you're doing. Yeah. Chicago, uh, yeah, I would agree with you um, in that, like, the pe- like, actually, the only people I know in Chicago are all gay or queer I do. I do not fuck with hetero people from Chicago. It's like a horrible culture. I don't fuck. It's just like really bad place. I know like too much money. Yeah, I think I know like two or three people from there, and I really like them. Uh, Nate, my buddy Nate from Everything Elite, is very cool. But like, uh, yeah, most of the people I know there are nice, or I can get along with them. But buddy, I gotta tell you, dude. I've never seen so many people yelling at each other. Yeah. And and New York is nuts. New York is a fucking crazy place where people scream into their phones and shit. Yeah. But like, there is a Chicago anger. That's why man cows from there. And they smoke fucking cigarettes every 14 minutes. Yeah, that's cool though. No, that it's expensive. Is, They're paying uh, like $17 a packet to do that. That's true. That's true. While some rock fans have gotten it. So anyway... Uh, Danko Jones, though, come, addressing Danko Jones' tweets, Harvey said, I don't want this to come across the wrong way. Hmm. That is also allowing people to tell you how to live. Yeah. I mean, if you, if ain't nobody going to tell me how to live, I don't care how people, how it comes across. I'm fucking, hey, snowflakes, here's a newsflash. But it feels a little opportunistic to me. It also feels like he's a very angry person. I don't subscribe to that, and I'm not an angry person. By the way, the guy in the Kid Rock song that's like an angry person's anthem. <laughs> the, you're saying he's not the song where Kid Rock just started yelling at everybody? <laughs> yeah. Flicked everybody off and rose, wrote a middle finger into space? Yeah. That wasn't anger to you? No. No, Danko Jones, the guy that said bad stuff about it, is the angry one to Monster Truck. Monster Truck is a pussy. I mean, I hate to say it. Monster Truck is... I mean, I feel like I could tell him how to live. Can you check the room, Jason? Someone says they're in there. Uh, You don't see anything? I don't see a damn thing. Refresh, maybe? Sure. Um, So, Monster Truck is bothered. Oh, my God. There it is. We got calls? Yeah. Well, let's take them. What was that about? Oh, no. We're we're, going to have to burn through them, it looks like. No, we're fine. There's not that many. Okay, let's do it. Uh, Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, it's uh, Lawrence from Kansas City. Uh, Hey, Lawrence. How's it going? Quick question. Uh, uh, Yeah. Can I ask you a question first? How would you respond if I told you how to live? I mean, like, whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. Lawrence is not a part of the lifestyle. What's up, Lawrence? Uh, oh, not a lot. I was the uh, I was the guy that called in with the uh, aggressive call in when uh, we all called in sick to street fight. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, I, uh, I am. Uh, dr- I'm driving a truck back to Kansas City from. Des Moines, 
Um, I've, I've heard a couple people call um, talking about like getting into trucking um, and kind of wanted to like they're they're all on the non-union side and I I'm a teamster. Um, I kind of wanted to call and highlight like, the differences between um, what it can be and what a lot of these companies that all that hire people and really take advantage of them. Uh, so I, I work for for the same company as uh, Alex from Mini Death Cult. Um, like I drove the little brown trucks for years and years, and, and then last January. I switched over to driving tractor trailers and like listening to, I, I forget the, the caller's name Matt. that was talking about how Matt, yeah. um, how like he had to pay for the school and like, and he had to spend like a month with his crazy trainer that like took him to his house and, uh, had just a fucked up situation. Uh, so on the union side, like we don't train for a month, we train for four days, and then they're just like, okay, you're a truck driver. Uh, okay. But we get pay- we get paid for it, and it makes it really accessible to people that normally wouldn't have that opportunity. And like, you know, I'm gonna end up at home tonight. I'm not out on the road for you know a week at a time. Uh, so you do a local route? Uh, well, sort of. Like the longest I drive in a day is 600 miles, and then I go home and, and sleep in my own bed. And some of the some of the like contractor folks that um, will like bid work off of a job board for the lowest price are out. Um, you know, that sometimes they'll be out for like two or three weeks at a time before they see home. Um, and they're paid by the mile. So they, like right now I'm, you know, driving 62 miles an hour. Um, and like, I'm not, I'm not worried if like I break down since you know, I'm in a union and they'll come and pick me up in a tow truck. Okay. Uh, but you, you uh, sorry, I kind of, kind of lost my train of thought. No, you're fine. Um, and the union, the union also, like, they'll they'll kind of help to protect you from from the bosses and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and, and you know, with, like I was a union steward when when I drove the little trucks, uh, but it, it's it's a totally different thing with with tractor trailers. Like most of our activity with our stewards goes towards like. Well, hey, you know, I didn't get paid correctly for this thing, but we've got a, a system of redress um, to where we can get that fixed. Or, you know, if a boss says something shitty to you, you can file a grievance and and take them take them to task. Um, so they they definitely mostly, your boss cannot tell you how to live, right? No, no, they they, they cannot. Ain't nobody, um, really. So, ain't nobody. Uh, I guess. I guess most people aren't going to tell me how to live. 
I love it. I Most love it. people no, ain't tell me yeah, how that's to not live. the saying. That's not the saying, Lawrence. It's ain't nobody. It ain't nobody. Gonna ain't tell nobody me how to live. <laughs> but um, I the the real thing that that caught my attention was it. You know, he's Matt's probably working for a company that's absolutely ripe for organization. Uh, it's just tough to to build that when you're when you've got all these drivers out on the road. So I try to talk to people that are that are like independent contractors or even owner operators, um, because at at least up into the '90s, like the Teamsters would allow owner operators to like join the union and have, be under a contract, uh, which is. Like it's not it's not quite as strong as a company driver like relationship with their contract, but that's something that anyone that like works in trucking should look into. Like find your find your teamsters local that's near you and ask what they can do for owner operators. Um, yeah. Because I I know that we at least used to accept owner operators into our union. Um, Tight, but. Yeah. How did you get I mean, in the really, union? How did you get in the union? Uh, I I'm a third generation teamster. Uh, oh, so you got to be born into it. <laughs> well, uh, what, what's funny? What's funny is my dad was like, "No, don't just don't go to work at, at UPS. Like it, it's a shitty work culture. You'll make a bunch of money." I was like. Ain't nobody gonna tell me how to live. And, That's exactly uh, what you should say. And, and that, yeah, it is a shitty work culture for the most part. Um, but uh, yeah, my grandpa worked for Western Auto driving a truck, so it's it, uh, it, it's kind of a family trade. Um, like my brother drives a tow truck, and then I've got another brother that you know no one talks to, and he he. He's not great. Um, but I just wanted to call and encourage, you know, kind of hype anyone that's, you know, in, in the trade to look into joining the team. So even if you think you can't, like, for some reason, like, talk to an organizer and, you know, worst, worst case scenario, they're going to say, well, hey, like, you need to do this legwork and show me if there's interest in your shop. But the teamsters will come and organize um, your, your bar and your shop, whatever. Like we cover almost every industry. All right. Um, well, hell yeah. But, and, and, but also as far as the, like not cussing, like thing that you guys are talking about, um, you know, my son was getting a little bit older and was starting to like repeat and stuff. I, I started saying stuff like "gosh darn it" and and yep. cheesy rice, and now that he's older, like I'll find myself at work and something will go wrong. I'll be like "cheesy fucking rice." Uh, <laughs> so it's like the, the worst of both worlds. Yeah, but, yeah, you uh, never, yeah, you're never cool again. Yeah, I mean, when your kid, like when my, yeah. I, I did it such a different way than my parents or. Actually different from what I thought any parents had ever done. Like, I thought I came up with this idea where I just was kind of like to my daughter. I was like, hey, 
I don't, I don't care if you curse. Don't like curse at your teachers. Like you have to hide it from other kids, parents and teachers. And, but you're, if you're here, I don't give a rat's ass. And that's the way it works in my house. And she fucking handled it perfectly. And, uh, you know, she, she does have a foul mouth. I do have to say that my, my daughter has an exceedingly foul mouth, but I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me. I have a foul mouth too. And so does my wife. So, but my, my parents made it feel like, like, it's really weird. Cause my parents made it feel like you were trash if you cursed and like they cursed all the fucking time. It was crazy. Like my dad says shit. Every time he sits up or sits down or stands up, he goes like, that's just, he's like shit when he sits down or stands (laughs) up. Like they don't say fuck, but it was just like, they were just like, we do not curse in this house because that is white trash. And it's like, motherfucker, you know, you cuss all the time. And, I am white trash, okay? <laughs> yeah, I like I grew up in a house where if you if you said hell or, or damn, like you, you got a bar of soap in your mouth. Um, and, but then like my parents would fight on the weekend every weekend, and it would be just the the foulest shit I've ever heard. And I was like, but you guys like you guys say this shit all the time, and they're like, we don't care, like. Um, but yeah, my my son surprisingly doesn't doesn't cuss. Uh, he's like the the sweetest little kid, and both his mom and I have, like have absolutely fell off the wagon about not cussing around him, and and he just doesn't do it. I don't get it. Um, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get off. Um, it was really good talking to you guys. Have a good night. You too. Um, and. Yeah, thanks, thanks for doing the show. Yeah, have, have a, a good, good night. Ain't no, ain't no, ain't This just in. Uh, as we were recording this, Matthew McConaughey announces he will not be running for governor of Texas. Okay, could have won. Big news. Could have won. He was actually uh, the the numbers that the last numbers before he made the decision were that he could beat Abbott uh, by a by 35% for Abbott, 43% for Matthew McConaughey. Okay. So he beats him pretty handily by eight percentage points. He beats Beto O'Rourke 49% to 27%. Yeah, sounds right. <laughs> Big fucking loser. Beto, Beto. O'Rourke's a massive loser. And you know why? It's because he said he was going to take guns, which equals telling people how to live. And people in Texas do not want to be told how to live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what kind of, uh, I don't know, intense narcissism it takes to keep thinking that you should be in charge of shit when no one wants you to be in charge of shit. <laughs> It's just like people want to believe in this loser. It's like people want to believe in a loser. And it's like, but he's a fucking loser. You, We need winners that accomplish things. Remember when he, remember when his strategy was just like, I'm going to start cussing now? Yeah. It brings us around to our other stuff. When people are like, 
uh, did did you really say you're going to be taking guns away from people? And you're he's like, you're fucking right, I am. And I was supposed to just be like, oh, <gasps> oh shit, shit. Now they're cursing, you know. That's <laughs> dangerous talk. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who we're talking to tonight? What's up, Street Fight? This is Robin. What um, is up? Long time, first time, or whatever. Sweet. What's hey. up? Um. Yeah, so I got a question about, like, I guess living, like, an anarchist lifestyle, right? It's like, how do you turn down shit that you don't agree with without being seen as just a killjoy asshole? Um, well, one... You know what I mean? Yeah, you have to, like... The thing about it is, is, like, there's gonna be things that you're going to have to do that you might not agree with. But honestly, the most fun in the world for me, it's like kind of my character around the house it was like with Sabra hummus. If I see Sabra hummus, I'm like, oh, I, you're eating the Sabra yeah, hummus. Exactly. And then you just kind of you, you needle at it. I mean, anything you say that's like in a good humored sort of way, I think like people, people respect it. No, they don't. Well, they don't respect it, but they're not mad they about it. Uh, what what kind of things are you talking about? I think I'm 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 disliked yeah, so like, by, uh, by average people. <laughs> yeah, definitely same. I feel like Brett would like, uh, you know, kind of fall into the situation often. Like, so because I was thinking a lot about it at like Thanksgiving, right? Because um, like I don't celebrate I don't celebrate like colonial genocide and. Like, so I was turning down invites and all that, and it's like officially no fun on, yeah. you know, National Day of Mourning. That's great. Um, I admire it. And like, um, thanks, I guess. Uh, yeah, and like, it's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really know what to do there. Like, is it best to like launch into like, this is why colonialism is bad? Uh. Or like, you know, because then people like really shut down in my experience. Yeah. I wouldn't. I would say I would say you have to live your life. You should live your life by your own rules. And you can't really care about the people that you're going to lose because of that. Um, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying I'm not doing th- I'm not going to participate in Thanksgiving because you're garbage that and you're garbage that you do. Um, I think it's always, I mean, yeah, I hope to, it doesn't come off that way, but some people kind of take it. That oh, way everybody now. will. No, I mean, that's just boundaries. And that's, that's, there are people that can, can respect that. And those people will stick around. And then the ones that don't like, when you say, I'm not comfortable celebrating this holiday, I'm not that person. You know, it's like a roller coaster thing. It's like, I don't mm-hmm. ride roller coasters. And then everybody sits around and kind of convince them to do. It. And it's like, I, I don't want to do this. And these are my reasons why. And that's it. No, no, what I, this don't even explain. This means nothing about you. Just say, I'm not participating because of this. And cause this is how I feel about it. Um, and just, yeah, be, do the boycott thing. What do you do? I mean, are you like not in uh, Christmas is fine, right? Um, I haven't decided on Christmas yet. I guess we'll oh, see. I don't, okay. uh, you know, I don't do the like, I fucking hate the like consumerism associated with it. Like, me too. I don't want to buy gifts or receive gifts. You know, <laughs> me too. Uh, I I hate but, the consumerism of it too. No, you so don't. much. But so I'm also hard. a coward. Well, uh, I'm cheap. It's not that I don't <laughs> like it. It's I'm very cheap. You're not. 
You blow. You talk about how much money you waste constantly. How dare you <laughs> bring up the amount of money I waste? <laughs> no, I just I'm I'm um, constantly freaking out about the amount of money I waste. I guess yeah. is is the way it actually works for me. But yeah, I don't know, man. Or I'm sorry, I, I don't know if I misgendered you there. But oh, yeah, any any pronouns are cool. They is my favorite, but anything's fine with me. Yeah, I don't know. Like for me, it's like. I would understand somebody saying they don't want to do this thing and also would, would totally, I mean, maybe you can, if you want to like neutralize sort of their being angry about it or whatever, just say like, I'm not into this. It's not going to be fun for me. And the way that I feel about it, it might not be fun for you to have me here. And like that, I mean, that's a really good point. That's something that like I've had to learn, like with my in-laws is that, you know, I used to go every Sunday and I hated it. I hated going there every Sunday, but I did it because that was their tradition. And I just, was along for the ride and now i go probably twice a year and it's because the two times i go i go for christmas and then i don't know when the other time is actually i think i went not too long ago and like uh my wife just basically told me like it's no fun having you there so just don't come and it's like yeah there you go so definitely yeah that's the way i mean that's the way uh, i handle i i handle it by the explanation just being like i don't believe in this or for you it's like i don't believe in this i don't like this and fucking if i went uh we would just end up arguing and that's not fun for anybody for sure we can hang out on friday no big fucking deal (laughs) yeah and i think i mean for me also the most the most convincing thing for me is to be having a good time or being sm- or smiling <laughs> like while you're doing it, not to be like fucking angry and hateful at people, you know, like fuck you, this or that, but just to be like, you know, this is for me, this is my decision. Um, and, and that's it. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to explain shit to you. I'm just telling you why I'm not coming, you know? And if they can't deal with it, so be it. For sure. But I feel for you. Cause like I try to get out July 4th, and all these motherfuckers during the George Floyd protest, fuck America, burning flags, upside down flag, nobody will budge on fucking July 4th. People think it's like, it's a, it's a inevitable. <laughs> I had a lot of fun on July 4th with my local anarchists uh, during a fuck America day. It was a good one. All right. Um, nice. But yeah, cause like, I think that's a really good point on the, uh, like, you know, if I showed up, I wouldn't be having fun. You know, like I'm vegan. I'm not going to have a good time sitting oh, around God. watching this bird get cut open. Yeah. You know? I mean, the thing um, is like none of it, none of it there's for you. no piece of this that's for you. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. is it your Absolutely. family? Is it your family that is worried about it or is it friends? Um, some of both. I'm not especially into family stuff. Um, oh, I have I know some that. like uncles and aunts and stuff that live in the state, but, uh, you know, everybody else is pretty far away. Yeah, it's just such a weird um, thing. But yeah, I, shit, even like vegan and like uh, like turning down like drinks, like I don't drink. Um, like 
people especially take it as like, oh, what you think you're better than me? I'm like, no, yeah. I just don't. I don't drink. I don't eat meat. Yeah. No, you're right. But I mean, I mean, there's there is no part of this time that requires your presence and it's not really set up for you anyway and uh i feel like people i i do feel like people would pretty well understand something like that and uh yeah i i I admire it you know and then uh if you do christmas like test out the not buying gifts for anybody and saying like, Oh, I don't believe in consumerism. And then let me know how that worked out because yeah, that's where you're going. <laughs> Brian's a buy yeah, nothing day try. guy. I'm not too sure how that one's going to go. Yeah. The only, buy nothing day or two days ago. The, the only thing I've not ever been able, the only thing I've ever been able to hold strong at was, and I think this was fairly, this is not fair to take credit for because there's also money issues but that like i firmly believed i firmly did not want to take my daughter to disney world as like she's a kid she has to go to disney world and i somehow was able to like fucking stave that off for the years that it mattered and i was like she can go as an adult if she wants to go but i don't want to treat disney world like it's this thing that every kid has to do it fucking sucks it's it like is expensive and not a lot of kids can do it and like it's a it's the same as the mall like going to the mall and i held I held out on it for, for the three or four years. My wife was like trying to work it out. I was just like, no, we're not doing it. We're not fun going to Disney world. And I won that one, but everything else I'm a coward. And, uh, uh, (laughs) I just do, I go with the flow, but, uh, thank you for calling. Yeah. Thanks so much for the advice. Really appreciate it. And also another thing you can say to people who might, not understand this for you is uh ain't nobody gonna tell me how to live live. (laughs) (laughs) that one also works all right have a good night thanks so much catch you later yeah i started saying national day of mourning and then people are just like so they just frown immediately when you say that it's like i uh yeah i also had somebody say ask like what's a what's was there like a fun thing for kids to tell about the story of thanksgiving i was like no it's the worst thing you're ever gonna hear no that's all it is it's like get ready for it that's a bad story (laughs) i mean like, it's funny because if Thanksgiving wasn't based on a lot of really bad stuff, the idea of people sitting and eating yeah. is fairly, is good. Yeah, big but we have to fucking family is great, but yeah. We have to tie it up into a bunch of bad stuff, which yeah. sucks. That's what I say about fireworks, too. It's like... Yeah, fireworks are the greatest. Fourth of July, it's the middle of the summer, everybody's having a good day time, off, and the yeah. government just fucking goes and eats up the coolest day. I know. Yeah, they're like, this is because of us. They're like, no, it's because we wanted to. Yeah. Because nobody's going to tell us how to live. Yeah. Yeah. You think they'll play that song on Fourth of July in 2022, maybe? In Upper Arlington? Anywhere. You think it'll be time to fireworks? 
No, like as in, well in UA, right? They do play music. Yeah, what did they play? Yeah. They, they played, played a, a, a boot in your boot ass in your for ass. the red, white, and blue song. Yeah. I wonder. No, but yeah, I don't know. There might be too many. It's too, yeah, it's too anti-woke. No, there's cocaine in it and stuff. I don't think they care about it. There's not cocaine in that song, is there? Yeah, he says something about rip, I rip more lines than, oh. I, I'll get it up. I'll get the lyrics up. I've listened to it 7,000 times. Let's take another call. I think they're on the line. Hello? Hey, yep. Hello? Hey, what's up? Who's this? Hey, this is Seth from Waterloo, Iowa. What's up, Seth? Not much. I'm just hanging out. So I I finally got around to the most recent Buttfest episode today. <laughs> and you mentioned the the 12-minute David Draymond video where he's talking about um, smoking weed. And it made me wonder, have you ever heard the song Fire It Up by Disturbed? Uh, what is it on? Let me look here. Maybe. It's on like, I don't remember the game. It's from like 2015. Oh, I haven't. Like it's one I've, of their newer albums. So. Yeah, I haven't heard that. Why? It, is it funny? It's incredible. <laughs> it's, it's a Disturbed song about smoking weed. Oh my God. Those and, guys, David Draymond, I'm going to fucking tell you this right now. He is <laughs> the funniest personality of all of the personalities in all of rock music. Nobody's ever been funnier 100%. than that guy. Yeah. It's, it's great because he just can't make a goofy song about smoking weed. He has to pretend it's like this grandiose. Oh my thing God. like the spiritual which i mean i guess doing drugs can be sure people but it's just it's incredible like i i have the lyrics in front of me i got them up starts, now too when i need to spark oh, when i need to spark a bit of inspiration and the melody feels like it's trapped inside all i need is a little bit of illumination so the rhythm can no longer run and hide <laughs> God, he's the just, greatest. <laughs> I'm about to fire it up right I now. I have to admit, uh, my my greatest shame in life is that in high school I had the David Draymond chin piercing. Oh, just that's one of them instead of two. oh, just one. I was going to say that is not shameful at all. I mean, I looked at that. <laughs> I looked at it and was like, wouldn't it be funny if I got the David Draymond <laughs> lip piercing? Like, but he calls them something so gross and I can't find it. It's yeah. like, uh, like pussy something. It's... Yeah. Pussy hooks. Maybe pussy hooks. Right? Pussy hooks. That's what, what he calls. Yeah. Them. Yeah. He calls them pussy hooks, dude. He's. I don't know. I don't understand him. I'll never understand him for as long as I live because he think he talks like he's like he thinks he's an intellectual. Yeah, but he has pussy hooks in his mm -hmm. chin, which is that's not you know yeah. intellectual at all. I don't like that at all. It makes me feel bad to hear that. Yeah, he's just. Yeah. I'd like I just just a baffling human being in in every respect. I. 
I used Did to. Did you? I followed him on Twitter back when he still had it. And it it was an amazing experience. And I think what basically what sparked me to stop liking Disturbed when I was in high school. So I guess I have to thank him for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, it, I, you know, I, I've recommended this a few times, but on, on other shows, but again, what you really want to do is, uh, go on, go on YouTube type device song meetings, David Draymond and listen to every single oh, one of yeah. them. Cause they are no, I think, the greatest videos I've ever heard. <laughs> oh yeah. I think probably re realistically, my greatest shame is that I bought the device album the day it came out when I was in high school. Just, Oh, it's not good. Really happens. embarrassing. <laughs> that's not <laughs> no. good. You, so you I were Draymond like head. Though. You were a huge Draymond. Oh, head. I was were you? Huge. I was a huge dis Draymond Disturbed fan. Honestly, by the time Device came out, I was that was like my senior year of high school, and really I was pretty much over over all of that by I think like junior year of high school. But like it freaked me out that I didn't like it anymore because that meant that like mm -hmm. I was changing. So I was like trying to hold on to it. Yeah, and I remember Device was the final straw. I listened to it and just truly it, bad. Again, it's just, so hard just to listen bad to. Bad. Yeah, I mean the drums don't match the rest of the music, which is really hard to listen to. No. But I that's interesting that you brought that up that that you said that because like I remember when I was starting to get into stuff that wasn't like metal. And being like really mad at myself, like I was getting old and, and we're talking at yeah. like 21, 22 and like, I'm, I'm really liking Radiohead. Okay. Computer. That was like <laughs> kind of the first, well, no, the first album was Weezer's blue album. I listened to that and I was like, I really like this. And I was starting to feel bad cause I liked Weezer. And then I heard uh, OK Computer, and I was feeling bad about that. So, like, I probably bought two or three Corn albums after I was, like, sort of done with the whole thing just because I felt mm -hmm. like you, I had to do it. Yeah. Or everybody would think I was soft or yeah. something, maybe. Or you, would, you were wrong about I was wrong. You told everybody Corn was going to be the best band ever, and you'd never change. No. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That was, that was me. It was my parents telling me that, you yeah. know, all of this this crazy music was just a phase. So I was listening to Mudvayne and just not enjoying it, but just <laughs> just listening to it instead because listening to like good punk music now starting to like meant that I wasn't fourteen anymore, which I guess I was I I didn't like. Did or you made so a mistake. You can remember yourself just going wild for that shit. <laughs> and you're like, that was a mistake. I should, oh, yeah. That was uncool to do. But yeah. you didn't know it. You're just too hard on yourself. John uh, Colin, my co-host <laughs> on the POD cast, told us a story last week where like his first screen name was like some version of Weezer and Blink-182. And I totally can't remember what it was. But he said <laughs> oh, that like he changed it to uh uh 
get, you know, like two years later, he changed it to Limp Biscuit from Outer Space, which is a really bad name, but he changed <laughs> it to that. And he said that he went to all of the places where he had used the other account and said that Weezer had Blink-182 sucked. Because <laughs> he was trying to prove, like, I'm yeah. a heavy metal guy. Now. Yeah, I've never Actually. been into that. I've always thought that shit fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he was my, like, now I'm a heavy eBay metal kid. Account. <laughs> my, e- my eBay account is still a disturbed maggot 23 sick SIC. Nice. <laughs> Just because I haven't used eBay, and every once in a while I look at buying something on eBay and forget that that's, I still haven't changed that. My my first uh, my first uh, AOL screen name was uh, Limp Corn Four Twenty. Uh, no, no, it was Def Corn Four Twenty, and I got real bummed out. I couldn't fit Limp Biscuit in there, so then later on, I had a, a Limp Corn Four Twenty too. But uh, yeah, man, I, I I did all the bad. I mean, I was just so into those. When you're a fucking teenager, you're just so into what you're into that nobody can tell you oh, yeah. shit. And you, and you just, you don't want to hear anything about other people's taste. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and you're not secure enough yeah, to be like, had- all right, maybe this is a phase and that's fine. That happens in life. Things change <laughs> in life. That's something you accept. It's like, no. Yeah. I figured it out. I'm done thinking. I know what the best music is. I don't have to listen to anything. I've heard all the old classic rock shit. I've heard the rap shit. I've heard everything. This is what I like. It's disturbed. <laughs> oh, man. Do you yeah. still listen to it sometimes and feel good about it, though? Like, where you're like, do you listen to the albums that you were into when you were a teen still and enjoy them? I can still get with, like, Slipknot. Uh, certain Mudvayne stuff. Um, I tried listening to Disturb recently, and I just couldn't. I think my mistake was putting on, I was going through my CDs and found Indestructible by Disturbed, which just front to back, that not just the song, like the entire album just feels like a military commercial. Yeah. And like, yeah. I didn't realize it at the time, because it wasn't like I was a big like military person at the time. Like, I was still... I think a lot of my core principles were still there. I just didn't really, I was full of shit about them. I didn't know how to like know what they were, I guess. But yeah, listening to that now at like 26, it was just like, oh yeah, this, the song Indestructible specifically is like, oh, this is, this is straight up about like, shooting people in iraq like this is this is what this song is about yeah well i do a lot couldn't do it i mean i do the pod cast obviously and i do listen to Mm. new metal you know a fair amount and like uh there are albums i don't think i'll ever listen to again like like that first corn album I think I've heard it enough. Like you, you did also when you got way into a band, you would really play them to such a degree that like, cause like kids just, they love repetition kids. I mean, I've watched kids. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, my daughter watched the same movie every day for months when she was a little kid, when she oh, was yeah. a kid, you know? <laughs> How it goes. Yeah, I mean, I still know all the lyrics to all those songs. I can still name off the top of my head every member of like Disturbed and Slipknot and Corn and Mudvayne and all those. And I can't do that for bands that I like currently listen to. But just, yeah, that repetition was so burned in my head from age 12 to 18 or whatever. It, it'll just never go away. I have a question for you then as as possibly yeah. an expert uh do you know why disturbed kicked fuzz out i don't know that there was ever that that is uh i don't know that there was ever a distinct answer i probably did look into this when i was a kid though like <laughs> i because I, I remember i i listened to the the pod cast episode on um mol or Whatever oh yeah, yeah. Documentary is called, and I think like the diplomatic answer that one of you two like saw or found, like it was just we had creative differences or whatever. I think that's about it. Like something about like egos being too big or something. Like one, either you or John or one of the uh, Blink One Fifty Five guys. I think said it was probably like he asked for a writing credit or something. And I a hundred percent believe that to be the truth. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I, it was me. I, I do think, yeah, I agree. I, I do think it was probably a songwriting credit thing. He wanted a songwriting credit and, uh, you know, there's money in that and he's doing okay. I just wondered if there was like a rumor on yeah, like sure. the disturbed message boards <laughs> no i i wish there probably was but we didn't have internet going up so i i was all alone in my disturbed fandom i had to just like list off facts to friends who didn't give a shit so well also just say this before before we hang up how funny brett you gotta hear this do you what disturbs website is www.disturbed the number one.com no <laughs> how do they make <laughs> disturbed it's like an inside joke i, I think they couldn't well, so i might it's for disturbed ones though so something yeah they're they call their fans the disturbed ones but I do wonder if that came before or after the website. If they got to the yeah. website, they were like, oh, we need to figure out. <laughs> our, we need to retrofit a reason to why our website is disturbedone.com. Yeah, they don't have enough money. They could have got the record label <laughs> to pay for it, though. That's what, crazy. what is actually on Disturbed? It's not oh, even yeah. a real it's, site. It's, part, it's nothing. Somebody's cyber squatting it, yeah. for sure. Which is, hey, that's cool. Yeah, there's no that's, way they... Or maybe yeah. just supposed to feel like a, a like a secret club, internet club where you can go with all the disturbed ones. Sure, <laughs> I yeah. think it's because they could get disturbed, <laughs> which is hilarious. Poor guys. Which, well, I will say, I think at one point he had song meanings on a blog on that website. Oh, I so, gotta find those. Any song yeah, meanings by yeah, Disturbed it, you want to hear? If he's talking, especially, I love them. When he starts describing, I, I just text, start listening. 
Yeah, I'll have to <laughs> I'll have to take a look for him. Well, thanks for calling. I do know what Stupefy is about. Yeah, of course. I think if people didn't yeah, know what Stupefy like getting laid or <laughs> Yeah, he him and a he he got in a relationship with a beautiful Latina woman, <laughs> and her parents wouldn't let him uh, uh, let them date. So it is a song against racism, is what he when he said. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It really makes you think. Yeah. Sometimes white people experience racism too, you know? <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for calling in. That was, it was fun. Thank, yeah, was of course. Thank you all, all for right. all you do. Oh, all have a good you. one. Peace. Oh, that's. So funny, man. Stupefied. Stupefied. That's what stupefies about. That's weird. Yeah. Look in my face, giving my soul. I begin to stupefy. Can't get. He couldn't get the chick he wanted, dude. All because of racism. And it was her parents' racist, right? You know, not not his race. You know, he's not racist. He. I would say he probably says he doesn't have a racist bone in his body. Okay. Let's one next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? What the? Ain't nobody gonna tell me how to be. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's what I hey like guys. to hear. Hey, who's this? Uh, this is uh, William from uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa. What's up, William? How's it going? Uh, it's going all right. <laughs> Anybody okay. telling you how to live? Uh, uh, no, not these days. Uh, good. That's good. That's great. Good. <laughs> I will. I ain't yeah, nobody yeah, telling I, me. I uh, I I got a job earlier this year. That's that's pretty great. Um, I could go into that, but uh, I've been thinking about. Uh, so I live in Council Bluffs. It's across the river from Omaha, Nebraska. It's a uh, it's a small town. Omaha's, you know, the biggest uh, city in Nebraska. Uh, I, I grew up over on that side, and when I was growing up, it was very common for people to just shit on Council Bluffs. They call it Council Tucky. Uh, joke about all the meth heads over here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I moved over and it's, it's a nice small town. Uh, and I learned at some point that, you know, one of the reasons we have uh, more homeless people here, more unhoused people, uh, is that Iowa just has better access to Medicaid. Um <clears throat> It's like, you know, we actually do a slightly better job of just taking care of people. Well, I I do want to say this, by the way. I know Kentucky's really the one that takes like a lot of shrapnel, if you ask me. Because (laughs) the thing about it is in Ohio, we have uh, Grove City, which we call Grove Tucky. And then they call Council Bluffs Council Tucky. And uh, Pennsylvania, they call it Pennsylvania. So really the one getting most of the shrapnel 
is Kentucky. <laughs> They're the ones really taking the heat here. That that is a good point. <laughs> uh, well, and and the other the other thing about Omaha these days, you know, it's it's just full of insurance companies, uh, banks, real estate developers, uh, and and that's kind of the whole history of the city. Is you know, uh, the first wealthy people move into a neighborhood. Uh, and then they don't like how close, you know, all of their, all of their staff, their house workers, the minorities, the poor people, they move into the neighborhood, they get closer. So the rich people find another neighborhood, they go develop it. Uh, same thing happens, you know, the city gets bigger, they run out of space, they go develop another neighborhood and it's all, uh, and it still goes on to this day, you know, the whole city is just brawling out into bland suburban wasteland. Right. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Council, Council Bluffs over here is, I mean, it's beautiful. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's just something that's been on my mind a bit. <clears throat> it's hard. Um, I mean, I went to Chicago this week with someone whose parents told him not to get killed. You know, so, I mean, it's still very common for people to think that, like, to have zero understanding of why there is crime and what actually causes it and, you know, what the situations are of the people in those areas that they call that, you know, call Pennsylvania or whatever. Right. Yeah. You're right about that, too, because, like, if I when I when me and you first went to New York. My in-laws were like, are you sure he's going to be okay? You know, I hope he doesn't get killed there. And I was like, this is the <laughs> fucking safest place I've ever been in my life. Yeah. You know? And, uh, right. uh, yeah, it's really weird because, like, I don't know. Like, they call Grove City Grove Tucky just because it's it's just working class people maybe some poor people it's just yeah. southern it's the southern part of columbus yes. it's not even southern ohio what grove city yeah it's been gentrified though anyways a lot of it has yeah, yeah. i mean everything has been gentrified anything they put their their idea basically is to push poor people out into a cornfield somewhere yeah. and then hope that yeah. nobody decides they want to fucking move there so that they can just leave them in a cornfield because yeah. that's like it is when you live in i don't know uh, so columbus and i've seen this a lot on tour now too it's like it's like the rings of a tree pretty much you you drive in and you hit like all the newest stuff the the target the that shit and then there's a burned out part of town and then you're in downtown you end up downtown where there's there's stuff again because urban sprawl led it to burn out that whole middle area that was the first sort of suburbs that they were uh uh that people were living in it's like that in 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 columbus for sure because it was like people moved to Reynoldsburg to get away from downtown. And then those people in Reynoldsburg, once people started to move to Reynoldsburg because they heard it was nice, those people moved to Pickerington. 
And then once people started to move to Pickerington because it was nice, people moved to Baltimore and it gets like, it's crazy. Like the, the, the sprawl sucks and it messes everything up and it would be just so much easier to make it so that people can afford to live close to where they work. Right. And, and like you said, so much of this is totally just class-based, uh, yes. class-based animosity. Uh, you know, I mean, Omaha is one of the most segregated cities in the entire country. Uh, I, I heard the same thing going to, going to school in North Omaha. Oh, I, aren't you scared, you know, going, going North of Ames street and yeah. Yeah. yeah, people just uh, they even even if they're even if they're downwardly in the middle class, you know, not their their lives ain't getting any better. They want to hold on to whatever they can to make themselves feel better than somebody else. Yeah, you don't get crushed in the city. Yeah, the cities yeah. are so I have not yet been to the scary city yet. I mean, there are parts of cities that, you know, you, maybe at night, you know, you make sure like I, I didn't want to walk home from the street fight studios with my computer in the dark. Yeah. A couple of uh, on last Wednesday. And when I told John that he was like, wow, there's no place like that in vancouver that you wouldn't walk through at night and i was like really and he's like well there is this like few blocks where it's like basically an open air drug market that they've kind of just given you know over and i was like uh oh that sounds pretty fucking cool i'd like to go to the open air drug market part of this state (laughs) yeah that sounds fucking sweet but uh he said even then it's like you just walk through and it's kind of it's, it makes you feel kind of sad. It's not like dangerous. So like, yeah. I, and I don't even know if my neighborhoods, the neighborhood we're in is dangerous. It's just walking with a computer is, you know, you don't want to do that at night. So yeah, people are assholes. And, uh, the reason that sprawl exists is because there are a certain, there are classes of people who don't want to live by people who aren't in their same class. So they keep moving away and away and away or in a different class. And there's real estate developers willing to make Mm -hmm. a profit off of those, uh, fearful emotions. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for calling in. That's interesting. Yeah. Good to talk to you guys. Thank you. Kentucky, Pennsylvania. Uh, do you think there's a Tucky in every state? There's a Tucky in every state. You think so? I think there's, except for Florida. Florida's just a Tucky. So. I mean, Tucky is the beginning of the South for the Midwest. And the Midwest is basically urban sprawl from the South. And then when we think we're better than the South, and Kentucky's the beginning of the South for all of us, and like Indiana and Idaho and fucking kansas and all that shit for midwestern people i think somebody uh uh raided us uh hassan raided us again hey thanks buddy uh, really pre- gotta have us on the show my friend i was gonna ask if any of the uh 
if there's a Tucky in every state. So there's that. Hey, uh-huh. if you are in uh in what if, what's the city in your state that people call Kentucky? Is there a Tucky in every state? That is all. Let's let's take this last call and go home. I just uh uh I just took two out of van. Hey, on borrowed time. What's up? Hey, what's up? Uh, hi, my name's Sasha. What's up, Sasha? How's it going tonight? Well, it's all right. Um, it's not what I want to talk about, but since everyone's talking about disturbed, uh, I just wanted to say that my my high school wrestling team, uh, uh, our coach was a big fan of like new metal. Uh, so every uh, at every dual meet, every home dual meet, we would walk out to uh, you know, oh wow, and we'd like Fun. run around and like do the warm up. I'd be like playing that song, and then the one that ended it was uh, uh, "Riot Maker" by Tech Nine. Nice. And it was, I just thought it was always very funny. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so uh, so what's up, Sasha? Oh, um, anyway, you know, first time, long time, so I'm a little bit nervous, but anyways, the other day, my friend came down from, uh, that I lived with in college, came down from Austin to where I live. Uh, we were just going to get some dinner and hang out. Um, and I know you guys talk about like stuff like this happening. Like you talk about like dealing with like random violence and like trying to stop it and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was me and my friend and my girlfriend walking down, you know, what I have always kind of walked down on is like a safe street that I've never really like considered anything like this happening, but we're going and uh, a car drives by. I mean, the street's pretty empty, but we were going to, you know, just go to a restaurant car drives by, uh, someone yells the N word out of it and then immediately stops at the stop sign, like 50 feet in front of us and then like two dudes get out uh and they're just the one, one guy is just super wasted um and the other guy is like just looking extremely dangerous like you know have you ever seen someone and their face is just like angry and you like, know they're like violent sure yeah 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 like, like frenzied yeah okay um and yeah and so and all the, you know, all these situations slash where I was just trying to figure out like what, you know, what is like the best course of action here? Like usually, you know, if it was like, say just me or something, I would just immediately run the other direction and get out. Um, but my girlfriend has a bum ankle right now. And I was just like, okay, like, that's not an option. And, you know, maybe I was wrong, but the guy looked so crazy to me, at least when he like came out, he, I, I, I was like, Oh, this guy would chase me however many blocks to like try to catch me. Mm, okay. At least that's just how I felt. Like yeah, that's how I get it. You know it's what I mean? Week, but yeah. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. It's it was immediately comes out with like so much intent. Okay. Um, but my, my girlfriend had a bum ankle and we were like on a hill and I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do here. So I kind of like, usually what I do in the city is like kind of ignore things until they get to a point where you can't ignore them mm-hmm. and, you know, walk forward a little bit and I'm just keeping an eye on him and this other guy. And yeah, he's just getting closer and closer 
and getting, you know, and when he's about like 10 feet away, I'm like, okay, like this is it, you know, this is it. Like there's two of them. There's me and my friend, you know, and my girlfriend and me and my friend need to, you know, stay up and like keep distance. I just kept thinking like, if I get knocked out, you know, I'm done. It's like, you know, anyways, he comes Did forward they say and anything I, to you I step up and I'm like, they were coming after you. So, so yeah. So the car passed right by us when we were on the street. Dude yells the N word out immediately stops the car like super hard. Uh, and then two guys come out. Doesn't sound like it was and addressing then from you then. They just keep... Yeah. No, no. It, we were the only people on the street. It was really empty. And they, ah. yeah, it was yelling the N word at us. Stop. You know, and I caught like eye contact with them in the car. Okay. And I'm like, oh, like people yell at you in cars and stuff. And you're kind of like, oh, yeah, you're like, you fuck know, you, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. My wife got yelled at recently. Uh, she was walking at night. And uh, she was wearing, uh, I don't remember what color, like red pants. You know what I'm talking about? Or something. She's out walking. Yeah. She crosses the street. <laughs> a guy that's waiting at a stop sign starts to go forward and hit her. A hundred percent. I'm positive what was going mm. on was he was texting and he just felt like it was time to go and go. And so she's like, hey, what yeah. the fuck? And he goes like this. Well, of course you're wearing all black and started yelling at her for that. And then she just had to walk away or whatever because it's not going to fight him. But mm. it's like people do just yell out of their car. Yeah. They love to just yell out of their cars. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. I'm like, all right, dude's yelling out of the car. I don't think any of it, anything of it. But then they immediately stop at the next stop sign about 50 feet, you know, get out and start and like both people in the car you know, making a beeline like. So I don't, I mean, I don't know how many people were in the car. Two guys got out. So, you know, at least one more in the car, like okay. the driver, they both okay. got out the passenger side. And yeah, it, when this guy's about like 15 feet for me, 10 feet, I was just like, Jesus Christ, like, am I going to really have to do this? Like, you know, this, I can't believe, you know, I really have to like fight this guy. <laughs> and I just, I, you know, I was like, this is insane. I can't like. I was thinking of like old, you know, like street, you see like videos, like people like fighting on the street and where it's like, people are just throwing, you know, haymakers. And then eventually one guy just falls down. Yeah. I mean, basically. And I was just like under, uh, I was just like under no circumstances. Can I be the guy that falls down? Because I know there's like more of these people than there are of us. And I don't know what their like intent is or if they have weapons or, you know, I was just trying to stay calm and I just totally. So anyways, I, I stepped forward and I like put my arm in front of my girlfriend and I'd like get my left arm up and I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm gonna have to do this. And then the guy immediately when I does do that sprints to my friend who had been kind of walking away into the street and just punches him in the face. Oof. He falls down. He like knocks his tooth loose. Uh, and I just start screaming fuck off and like sprint over to him Cause I'm like, if I don't get him up, then it's two, you know, two versus one. Like we're, you know, we're done. It's, you know, that's what I just thought in my mind. I'm just screaming fuck off and trying to pull him up. Um, and then I get back in the car, drive away. <laughs> so it was a knockout game. But I mean, that's what it I sounds guess, like. Yeah, but also maybe. if you knock one guy out, it's just kind of like, well, all right. I knocked the guy out. I'm out of here. I mean, like really, I would have ran 
maybe. Yeah. Well, but I if, guess she's a yeah. bad ankle. Oh, bad ankle. Okay, so I wouldn't have ran with a bad ankle. Uh, when something like that happens, like any time I've ever been in a situation, it's like you said, you just throw a bunch of fucking haymakers. There's nothing. You're going <laughs> to get beat up anyway. So just make it so much of a pain in the ass for the people that are doing yeah. it that they all get in the car and leave. Is really like that's yeah. what your real goal in any sort of situation like that is to make yourself a pain in the ass. Because like if if somebody's yeah. coming to rob you, uh, if they obviously if they have a gun or something or or a knife at you, you you can take it. But like they will give up if they. I mean, like that's why I don't get people don't come after me because I'm a big guy and they just don't want to deal with it. So it's yeah. really about like, if you get in a situation that you don't think you can get out of by running, then it's just, it's the haymakers, baby. It's uh, just make it a huge pain in <laughs> yeah. the ass. So uh, I think you did. I, I, you're pretty lucky and uh, I'm glad oh, nobody yeah. got super Could hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we got him up, and yeah, his, his teeth were like pushed back, his, his two front teeth, and I like I immediately at that moment I just felt guilty. I was like, you know, did I? Was there a way to like avoid you know this? Did I do something yeah. wrong? Because nah. yeah, he was visiting, and I'm like, you know, he probably was following my lead, and I just felt so bad. Uh, but we we drove him uh, to a different city, and he got like emergency dental work, and it all got put back in. So, like, I mean, luckily nobody's scarred. So kind yeah. of in hindsight, I was like, that's, I think maybe in the moment I might've like overestimated the threat or like, I, cause you just think like, does this person have a knife or a gun or, sure. you know, what are they really going for here? Well, yeah. You know, I, I, what's the worst situation? Yeah. I mean, getting robbed is pretty easy. Like immediately where my stuff. mind went. Like, I'm not worried yeah. about getting approached if someone wants to rob me. One of my friends in D.C., yeah. he was walking around with his phone out, and this guy walked up and said, hey, that's a nice phone. He's like, I'm going to take that phone. And my friend was like, what are you going to do if I run? And he's like, do I have to show you my gun? And he was like, ugh. And he, like, put it on the ground and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, that sucks. That's random violence. Uh, that is the the worst possible thing Uh yeah, swing first is the best option. Nuts and eyeballs. Don't fight throats, nuts, eyeballs. Nothing uh, clean. Don't don't yeah. have any sort of chivalry about it. But that's also not that's not going to happen. As nobody is a hero in that situation. Don't beat yourself up. There's nothing you could have known. Yeah. How, there's no way to handle that unless you are living in that situation. Unless you you've been in a lot of situations like that, and it's very rare. You yeah. Know, to just have someone. Start I mean, my kind of thinking. Once we got close enough, I was kind of like, oh, like, if this, I was kind of hoping that, like, they'd, like, yell some more shit, and maybe, you know, we would kind of be, like, also yell shit, and then it wouldn't be too bad, or, yeah. I mean, I kind of thought, like, the worst thing I could do with, like, not that I would have, but just the worst thing could happen to be, like, to win or knock the other person down, because who knows how many people are in that car, or, you know... Like, I was like, this, let's happy that he got his punch in and like felt good and was like, okay, I did it, you know, and then could leave instead of 
you know, everything getting out of hand and like an actual fight happening, you know? Yeah. Like I was kind of hoping, you know, like, yeah. you know, this guy needs to get something. He needs to like feel good. Yeah. I mean, and it, again, yeah. it's like, also don't let it like, I, I don't want you to let this like make you nervous. I, I know that like this kind of thing can like traumatize people. And believe me, I've had some shit you know happened to me that that felt traumatizing and and like maybe for a few weeks but you got to understand how rare this stuff is and like uh uh that's i hope i hope you understand how rare what happened to you is i guess is the is the point i don't want you to be worried when you go out i guess but it's perfectly yeah. acceptable too. Yeah, because, no, for, yeah. No one should have to th- think about they're going to get their fucking ass beat just for walking down the fucking street. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I haven't been. You know, I think I've been feeling. Uh, I mean, when I, right as it happened, it's just and the day after, just you know, going crazy, just like, just so much like you know, motions are too high. Right now, I'm kind of like laughing about a little bit, you know. No one got scarred, you know, he's got his back in, you know, all told probably got out pretty lucky if that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I have OCD and like when you, uh, you kind of go through situations a lot and I just have been, you know, I know that I'm not supposed to do that. Just going through like, what could I have done better? Like yeah. I have not had my friend get his tooth knocked out or whatever, yeah. stuff like that. Totally. But no, you're, yeah. You for gotta, sure. You gotta accept it's, that yeah. it's not helpful. There's no answer. Yeah. This kind of stuff, there's no final say yeah. on any of it. There's no answer to any of it. It's just a fucking mystery. When I got robbed, uh uh back it was at gunpoint when I got robbed at the cable company. Uh I spent the whole next day like you just you're just like and it's crazy things that you're even saying to yourself because really like there was you didn't put yourself in the situation that you were in and there was not really anything you could do to not be in the situation. And if you got out of it on the other end, then you handled the situation perfectly is how I feel. So yeah, I, I think, uh, I, yeah, I think you handled it pretty well and, uh, glad nobody got super hurt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for uh, calling. Thanks, thanks guys. <laughs> Have a good night. Yeah. Best of luck. And you too. That, and that is Street Fight, the call-in show. Don't let nobody tell you how to live. It's a good idea. Well, yeah. yeah. Unless it's just someone's going to do it, then they're going to do it. But until then, ain't nobody going to tell you how to live. All right, uh, we'll see you on Wednesday. Uh, we're doing the show, I don't know, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock rock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock rock, somewhere in there. Six, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see you. Peace.
at the window again Looking out, watching the leaves falling in Then you were something like a dream Time 